Today, Rinpoche continued his explanation of the section training the mind in the stage of the past shared in common with beings of medium capacity. He did an overview of the first three categories, the mental training, the measure of the determination to be free, and dispelling misconceptions, and began the fourth category, ascertaining the nature of the path leading to liberation. Nipa? Okay, okay, so once again, we're looking at Lama Tsongkhapa's great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment, uh, and specifically the section uh, on training the mind in the stages of the path shared in common with beings of uh, medium capacity. Uh, when we look at the outline in the Lama Rinpoche, uh, we find that there are four categories in that section. The first category is the mental training. The second category um, is the uh, measure of the determination to be free. Uh, the third category is dispelling misconceptions. And then the fourth category, ascertaining the nature of the path leading to liberation. So these are the four categories that we find. So that first category, the mental training, is referring specifically to renunciation. That's what the mental training in this section is. Uh, it's the desire to definitely emerge, or the determination to be free. Uh, so this is the um, first categories kind of meaning is that it, the mental training is renunciation. Uh, the second category, uh, which is the measure of the determination uh, to be, be free, um, we find that there are four categories when we look at Jayan Shaver's outline. 
um, giant shape of states that there are four sections. The first section is the need for um, a, a clear understanding of renunciation or the pure renunciation. Um, so this is the first category. The second category is that through familiarization, this renunciation increases. So there's, uh, through familiarization, one's determination to be free becomes stronger. Uh, the third category is that if there is not a basis of renunciation or desire to definitely emerge, this determination to be free, uh, then it's not possible to generate bodhicitta, the mind that aspires to enlightenment. Uh, and then uh, the fourth category is that um, renunciation is really required in all of the capacities. So when we look at the training the mind stage of the pasture in common with beings of small capacity and medium capacity uh, and then of great capacity, we'll find that renunciation becomes indispensable uh, in some form or another in all of those capacities. Uh, so this is that fourth category in Jayan Sheva's outline. Uh, so that's the... Um, four categories of the section number two, which is the measure of the determination to be free, uh, according to Jayan Sheva. Okay, Rincha. <laughs> Alright, so uh, now we're um, going into the section uh, which deals with dispelling misconceptions. Um, so dispelling misconceptions begins uh, on page 328. Um, so um, in this... Uh, uh, section, um, Jayan Sheva says that there are two categories. Um, uh, the first category, dosu. Dosu, don't say that. Dosu. Loba dosu. Loba do, oh, lesser. Uh, deals with a, um, a qualm and a clarification of a qualm. Um, and then the second uh, category, selwa, is. Kabur, uh, kabur. Uh, uh, kind of a clarification, um, uh, uh, kind of like a negation. Actually, it's like more of a negation of what is incorrect. So, uh, so yeah, the negation of what is incorrect. So the first uh, category is uh, addressing a qualm uh, um, uh, and, and clarification of a qualm. Uh, and then the, the second category uh, is the negation of uh, what the, the, the qualm is presenting. And then there's eight categories, according to Jayan Sheva, in that negation section, which is number two. Okay. Thank 
Okay, so we'll begin reading. So the first category is really the misconception itself. Um, and then the second category is the, the actual dispelling. Uh, so if you look at the words, it's the misconception and then the dispelling of it, uh, according to Jayan Sheba. Um, so the misconception itself, uh, we find all the way down to the third quote from the sutra. Um, so it says, Quam, although, so the idea here is that the hearers and solitary realizers uh, generate renunciation, uh, but the bodhisattvas do not, because they do not generate disenchantment with cyclic existence. They want to be born there. Therefore, they don't generate renunciation. They don't generate a desire to definitely emerge because of the way that they feel about cyclic existence and their desire to go there. So this is the actual misconception, and then it's supported by uh, um, sutras that have been misunderstood. 
Um, so the misconception is supported by a misunderstanding. Um, so although it is inappropriate in the Hinayana to cultivate, I'm sorry, I did this last time, although it is appropriate in the Hinayana to cultivate disenchantment with cyclic existence, it is inappropriate for bodhisattvas, for if bodhisattvas were to cultivate intense disgust in disenchantment with cyclic existence, they would be like the shravakas and fall into an extreme of peace, having become displeased with their involvement in cyclic existence. And as the sutra of showing the Tathagata's inconceivable secret states, bodhisattvas thinking of the maturation of living beings view cyclic existence as beneficial. Accordingly, they do not view great nirvana, liberation, as beneficial to the maturation of beings. Were bodhisattvas to fear involvement in cyclic existence, they would fall to a destitute place. Bhagavan, whereas the Shravakas fear involvement in cyclic existence, Bodhisattvas voluntarily take innumerable rebirths in cyclic existence. Uh, so here, uh, this section deals with the misconception. So then this now we move on to the second category, which is the dispelling or the negation of the misconception. Uh, and then we begin with the first category among the eight categories Jayan Sheva presents in that second uh, part. Dixon. So now we have this response section which deals with the dispelling part um, and the idea that Bodhisattvas do not generate a desire to definitely emerge, um, whereas the hearers and solitary realizers do, um, because they have disenchantment with cyclic existence, whereas bodhisattvas uh, do not. So now this will be dispelled, um, and where they have supported this idea with quotes from sutras, um, Lama Tsongkhapa will show how this is a misunderstanding of the sutra, uh, which um, they've quoted. What <laughs> Uh <laughs> Chick, 
uh, and why bodhisattvas uh, um, should not be disenchanted, because they need to joyously persevere um, when they're uh, helping sentient beings, even if all of the sufferings of every sentient being were to uh, be experienced by them all at once. Uh, they would um, gladly persevere, gladly engage in those six perfections uh, for the sake of others because of their um, mental state. But that being said, uh, even though they joyously persevere uh, in, under these circumstances, it doesn't mean that they don't want to emerge from uh, those negativities, those faults, uh, which are, that manifest in the form of cyclic existence. So now we have a quote from uh, Master Chandrakirti. And <laughs> The <laughs> And then still within number one, then we have the quote from Master Chandrakirti says, Bodhisattvas who take on the suffering of all beings moment by moment until the end of cyclic existence do not fear harm to their bodies or minds. Bodhisattvas who take on the sufferings of all beings simultaneously until the end of cyclic existence delight uh, in this activity. Each instant of such joyous perseverance acts as the cause whose effect produces boundless collections of wealth, bringing omniscience to all beings. Once bodhisattvas understand this, it is appropriate for them to take hundreds of rebirths. Uh, so uh, in order to emphasize this point, Chandrakirti then cites the aforementioned sutra passages from the sutra showing the um, Tathagata's inconceivable secret. Um, so here, this is number one. This one. Mm-hmm. 
Number two, the same sutra states that cyclic existence uh, should be viewed as beneficial. Uh, viewed as beneficial because bodhisattvas gain happiness proportionate to the effort they make when they strive uh, for the welfare of living beings. Hence, the Buddha says that not being disenchanted with cyclic existence means not being disenchanted with accomplishing the good of living beings in cyclic existence as well as enjoying this activity. Um, so, um, Rimche stated before, um, and I just want to make sure I don't forget, uh, that a bodhisattva is willing to um, undergo this until cyclic existence is empty. Uh, so until there is no longer a cyclic existence. Uh, and he or she does not become disenchanted with it, rather enjoys um, uh, being able to uh, accomplish uh, the virtues that he or she can within cyclic existence. So joyously does so, joyously perseveres um, because of understanding that it's necessary to work for the welfare of these beings that uh, he or she is um, uh, with or um, yeah, th uh, around. Um, so uh, that's uh, number two. Let me just make sure I got everything. It's Okay. Lesser. 
So number three, when you wander through cyclic existence by the power of karma and afflictions, you are tormented by many sufferings, uh, birth, aging, sickness, death, etc. Uh, if you are unable to accomplish even your own aims, what need is there to mention that you cannot accomplish those of others? Since such wandering is the door to all problems, bodhisattvas must be even more disenchanted with cyclic existence than Hinayana practitioners and must stop their own wandering caused by karma and the afflictions. Nevertheless, bodhisattvas must enjoy being reborn in cyclic existence through their aspirational prayers and compassion. Uh, these are the two ways of these two ways of being reborn are not the same. Um, so here uh, it's saying that being reborn under the power of one's karma and afflictions is not the same as being reborn under the power of the aspirational prayers and compassion. So it's showing the difference between the bodhisattvas taking on a rebirth uh, and then an ordinary beings uh, uh, taking on a rebirth. Um, and the bodhisattva it's showing how. 
since the um, uh, the Bodhisattva recognizes um, that the all sentient beings are wandering uh, in cyclic existence because of their karma and afflictions, it actually, uh, and then they wish to accomplish those beings' aims, uh, it makes their own renunciation and their disenchantment with cyclic existence actually stronger than that of the Hinayanists um, because of their scope uh, related to cyclic existence. Um, so uh, that is what number three is referring to. Little <laughs> Okay. Failing to number four, failing to make this distinction leads to the qualms like that above. Uh, so failing to make the distinction between a rebirth uh, from karma and afflictions and then a rebirth that a bodhisattva has projected uh, because of compassion and aspirational prayers. So failing to make a distinction between these two, uh, it says the bodhisattva levels, which is a Sangha's text, uh, says that if the proponents of such a position have taken the vows of a bodhisattva, then they have committed a misdeed permeated with afflictions. However, fearing too many words, I will not quote the passage uh, in full. So, uh, um, if uh, um, someone holds this position that these two are the same, then it actually breaks a bodhisattva vow. It becomes a, um, a downfall of the bodhisattva vow by not seeing this difference between rebirth under the power of aspirational prayers and um, compassion and being reborn just because of karma and the afflictions. Okay, Okay. Um, so 
So the Bodhisattva vows we can uh, find uh, in the sixth session Guru Yoga, um, and it begins with um, not criticizing others uh, and uh, um, so forth. Um, so we can find those in the sixth uh, session Guru Yoga. Uh, Rinpoche uh, quoted uh, it a bit, and I can actually find that very easily at break. It's right there. Um, so um, we can get back to that. But um, he just quoted a couple of the, the lines of the Bodhisattva vow. Um, so uh, it begins with not criticizing others. Uh, so if you fail to make this distinction between this rebirth uh, forced by karma and afflictions and uh, one of aspirational prayers and compassion, uh, then you break this, the Bodhisattva vow. Okay, we'll take a short break. Uh, we'll be right back. Okay. So number four, we find um, this uh, assertion that uh, comes from Asanga's Bodhisattva levels. It says that if you uh, hold this position, uh, then you break a the actual bodhisattva vow. This way. Mm-hmm. Now we move on to five. Ngaba tere teacher sibi chun tata ba tones tata ba tones yi shin tu jun yas sibi chun tata ba tones yi shin tu jun yas he Kwa Omar, 
Okay. So number five, hence it's amazing that bodhisattvas see the defects of cyclic existence and are thoroughly disgusted, yet do not give up their vow because they are motivated by great compassion. If those who see the wonders of cyclic, cyclic existence as like a celestial mansion without reducing their craving and even in the slightest claim to be serving others, how could their unwillingness to abandon cyclic existence please the wise? Uh, and then we have a quote from Baba Vega's Heart of the Middle Way. Uh, Baba Vega is considered the opener of the Chariot well Way of the Middle Way Autonomy School, um, and specifically um, uh, um, opener of the Chariot Way of the Middle Way Autonomy School, tending to the Sutra tradition. So the... Um, uh, as a translator's note, there's two middle way autonomy school. One tends towards the mind only, one tends towards the sutra. Baba Vega holds the view that tends towards the sutra tradition. Um, so it's stated that he is both the opener of the chariot way of the middle way autonomy and opener of the chariot way of the middle way autonomy uh, sutra school. Um, so uh, he wrote many texts uh, the, such as this um, Heart of the Middle Way, uh, also the, called the Blaze of uh, Reasoning, um, and then uh, many other texts as well. Uh, um, I, I think he also, the commentary on the treatise on the Middle Way as well. Uh, so he wrote many other texts, and um, uh, so we have his quote here. Since bodhisattvas see the faults of cyclic existence, they do not remain there. So they see the various sufferings of cyclic existence and wish to emerge. Because they care for others, they do not remain in nirvana. So they have a non-abiding nirvana because of their compassion for others. Uh, they do not remain um, liber in a state of, of uh, abiding nirvana. In order to fulfill the needs of others, they resolve to uh, remain in cyclic existence. So the bodhisattva, uh, in order to um, fulfill all sentient beings' needs, remains in cyclic existence where sentient beings are for the sake of them. Um, so that's what is meant uh, by um, this section. Uh, the 
So number six, once you see the limitless sufferings of all living beings, such as the 110 sufferings explained in the bodhisattva levels, so Asanga's bodhisattva levels, you allow this to be the cause for great compassion. At this time, when you cultivate a heart that has a forceful and, in, uh, and in, enduring inability to withstand the sight of others' sufferings, it would be contradictory to be uh, not even slightly disenchanted with cyclic existence. So if you have this inability to um, even bear the sight of someone else suffering, they're suffering because of being bound to cyclic existence. If you feel that strongly about others' A need for emergence, then obviously you yourself have a disenchantment with that cyclic existence that uh, you see uh, um, the need for others to be freed from. Um, so uh, that's the point that's being made here. It says it, it's contradictory to be not even slightly disenchanted with cyclic existence. Um, uh, so here, uh, this is just the number six that, that's stating that um, that the Bodhisattva is enduring this because of the great compassion that he or she has um, and enduring what and then it mentions the Bodhisattva levels uh, where it talks of those 110 uh, different sufferings and then Rinpoche said we didn't get that text um, but um, there is a text that has um, in the Bodhisattva levels we have this list of 110 <laughs> Dumbatel and 
ne Jubatoma Mabane, Pata Malasubi, 
salatu çubi ne rua çaşın gömme ba rua çaşın gömme ba tada teba çembi çüce zinci dewa şayi şer ne çuma zoba yinde zoba yinde şesun bir şer oğuz vatı batı imbari tatı ne tez çabın duvatın ma kaleci ne gulma çeteca tuzarı be Dünba, kuala yi ngaban jonga şeyde, sene sice na rangi niyen tuğnes, vatı kuala yi ngaban jonga sice na rangi niyen tuğnesi atı vatı, çeva ngama dupi ta atı, sice tanji le şama şey na, sice tanji niyen yiyip tuğn tuğsa var vatı, vatı zengen kudu vatı. So, number seven, if you have... So number seven, uh, the theme of Arya Deva's 400 stanzas is the stage of the path upon which bodhisattvas develop great revulsion for cyclic existence, and then seeing living beings as their close relatives enter the ocean of cyclic existence for their sake. In his commentary on that work, the master Chandrakirti clarified this. So now there'll be a quote from Chandrakirti's commentary on Arya Deva's 400 verses, um, and it's without first establishing previous lives. Um, then it becomes very difficult to um, believe what is being presented here, seeing living beings as their close relatives. So in order to establish the existence of previous lives, we look at the second chapter of Dharmakirti's commentary on the Compendium of Valid Cognition, where it speaks of um, the breath and speaks of the mind, the consciousness or mind, and speaks of the sense powers and saying that they um, uh, these come from concordant um, uh, causes, uh, not from a discordant class. Um, so, um, which means that uh, we have beginningless consciousness, beginningless um, sense power, beginningless breathing in and out. And by examining this, then we can establish that we have beginningless lives. And then we can establish then that all sentient beings have had beginningless lives. And then once we establish that, then we can establish that all sentient beings have been our mothers, all sentient beings have been our fathers, all sentient beings have been our brothers, all sentient beings have been our friends, all sentient beings have been neutral to us, all sentient beings have been our enemies. But it would be very difficult to establish any of that without relying on those correct signs that prove the existence of uh, previous lives. Um, so that's uh, what becomes important within this section um, uh, to understand that um, it's necessary um, uh, to develop this understanding in order to make this concrete idea that living beings uh, are, are like our close relatives and seeing uh, living beings in that manner. It says, due to the, this is now a quote from Chandrakirti's commentary on Arya Deva's 400 verses. Um, and it says, uh, due to the Buddha's explanation of the faults of cyclic existence, his disciples learned to fear it and desire freedom from it. The Bhagavan said the following, so uh, they would keep develop a strong connection to the Mahayana. O oh, monks, among all of you who have passed through cyclic existence for a long time, there is not one being among all the various types of living being who has not been like a father, mother, son, daughter, relative, or step relation to you. Uh, so here in this quote, it's showing those relationships uh, that we've had with all sentient beings. Uh, and it's uh, from um, uh, 
Chaturkirti's commentary. And then it says, and further, by understanding the words of the Bhagavan, bodhisattvas are able to leap into the ocean of cyclic existence. They do this so that all beings have been, who have been their close relatives, like father and mother, throughout beginningless time, and who are now bereft and without a protector, may be freed by the boat uh, of the Mahayana. And uh, so, um, one wishes to um, free um, all sentient beings uh, from the state of suffering that they are in um, because of, of, of holding them dear, um, because they've all had these relations to us and have these connections uh, with us. So in the Bodhisattva's practice of uh, these six perfections, he or she is doing the uh, perfection of, of uh, uh, generosity, ethics, patience, uh, effort, concentration, and wisdom uh, for the sake of others who have been um, all of the have had all of these relationships uh, with the, the bodhisattva in previous lives. Um, so, um, seeing uh, this uh, the suffering that they're enduring. Um, um, makes the practitioner wish to free them from it because the Buddha has always uh, taught to be uh, wish to fear uh, to fear and wish to be free from cyclic existence um, and and the Bodhisattva uh, um, focuses that kind of thought on others um, and and wishes to free them um, as well okay Dixon Rinpoche what did Mm. One book. So Arya Deva's uh, commentary. Um, I'm sorry, Chandrakirti's commentary on Arya Deva's 400 verses is, uh, Rameshya said before, very clearly written, and it's one text in Tibetan. Very clear. Uh, very similar to uh, written in like a Tibetan commentary. This is a translator's note. Sometimes they say the Indian commentaries are written in a very difficult way. It's almost encoded. Whereas this specific commentary is always referred to as like a Tibetan commentary because it's written in a very clear fashion that um, isn't as encoded and difficult to understand. That's a note. Thank you. And so when I was in uh, Varanasi in Sanskrit University, I um, looked at this text on Arya Deva's uh, 400 verse, uh, verses commentary by Chandrakirti, and I found it to be so clear, understand, uh, able, and very easy to understand. Yeah, maybe it's the uh, co- um, translator uh, who made it so easy to read, um, perhaps. But it's very clear. Now we get to Sangha 
So when we look at the Mahayana tradition, we can divide it into two categories, the perfection vehicle uh, and then the secret vehicle, or sometimes the resultant vehicle, but Rinpoche is saying the secret vehicle. Um, so we find that not only is this uh, renunciation or the desire to definitely emerge indispensable uh, in the lower Mahayana tradition of the perfection vehicle, but also in the secret vehicle or the mantric vehicle, renunciation becomes uh, indispensable, uh, Gugur mean becomes necessary um, so that's the number eight Tajiba Chutane Sangalana Mabba Lion good is now somebody now somebody what the Sangalana Mabba Lion good is good you think as an Shiba Dubi German should do German my angel should do German lay Jimba de Shinto Juba maybe Shiba La Jubasha Jesse Okay, number eight, the unsurpassed mantra vehicle also requires this method, for as Aryadeva says in his lamp, which is a compendium of deeds, through these stages, you should engage in these activities wholly free of elaborations. The stages for doing this are as follows. In the very beginning, you should recall the beginningless sufferings of cyclic existence, and then desire the bliss of nirvana. Therefore, you should completely give up all agitation and even cultivate the idea that the rulers of kingdoms suffer. So you should de develop this renunciation and understand that, that if it's cyclic existence, it's pervaded by suffering. Um, so we've uh, completed the, then the section on dispelling, I'm sorry, we've completed the first three sections. The first section, uh, the mental training. Uh, the second section, uh, the measure of the determination to be free. Uh, the third section, dispelling misconceptions. Uh, and now we arrive at the section on ascertaining the nature of the path leading to liberation. <laughs> Such is you, Tom 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 T
Nasa Debbie 
Nuchula Nyechua Judubi Luigi Tibata Dravasa Nikwal Chabidwati with a to drug zulti the Dabares Duang Abunan Duang Abuna Dungasunchi Murder Tomba Duang Abo Nesunsun Lama is had on Draba in Nanga in Jire Lama in card on Drujiro Duang Shambatine, <laughs> Shambishibana, <laughs> Chinsan Tene Okay, so uh, we're just going to read through this section. Uh, ascertaining the nature of the path leading to liberation. Exhort yourself and meditate on the faults of cyclic existence, as Sri Jagan Mitrananda says. Okay, so there's four sections. Uh, according to Jayan Sheba, um, in this particular um, section. So in number four, ascertaining the nature of the path leading to liberation, there are four sections. Uh, so although we have sunk in the midst of cyclic existence, an ocean of suffering with neither bottom nor shore, we are not disenchanted, we have no fear, we are pleased and excited. What is going on in our minds? Although we have entered a fire constantly blazing with problems, poverty, hardship in acquiring food and shelter, effort in keeping and finally loss as well as separation, illness, uh, and aging, we boast of happiness. This seems insane. Alas, the, world has, uh, the worldly have eyes yet are blind. Although you see the obvious, you do not think about it at all. Has your mind become hardened? Consequently, as uh, Guyadatta's edifying tale of the seven maidens, the Sapta Kumarika Vadana states, 
We see the things of the world as wavering images of the moon and water. We see attachments as the shadows of the hood and coils of angry snake. We see um, these beings to be ablaze with the flames of suffering. We therefore go to cremation grounds, O king, delighting in the determination to be free. Um, so it's saying that uh, they see the, the things of the world as, as transient, as impermanent, uh, and it, attachments uh, as, uh, as a, a negative thing. It says, as the shadows of the hoods and coils of angry snakes. Um, and then it says, we see sentient blame, beings burning in the, the flames of suffering. They therefore go to the cemetery uh, and wish to be free, basically is what it says. Go to a cemetery and uh, recognizing all of this desire, renunciation. Um, uh, thus, when you see the sick, that cyclic existence, environments and beings is like a moon and water that is stirred by the wind, impermanent, disintegrating, not resting for even an instant, that sensory objects like shadows of the bodies of poisonous snake hold little value but great danger, and that the five types of beings are scorched by the blazing fires of the three types of suffering, then you give, uh, then you give rise to a disposition like that of a northern child, a, dis a disposition that has completely turned away from cyclic existence. Uh, when this happens, there occurs the determination to be free, a longing that delights in liberation. Uh, the expression northern children is to be understood as follows. In the north, roasted barley flour, tsampa, is very scarce, and consequently the inhabitants eat small amounts of turnips. Once there were some children there who, being hungry and wishing to eat roasted barley flour, asked their mother for food. Since she had no roasted <coughs> barley flour, she offered them <coughs> which they refused. She offered them dried turnips turnip, but they did not want that either. So she gave them cooked turnip, but they turned this down, and well, finally she offered them frozen cooked turnip, whereupon she turned away with a great feeling of nausea, where they turned away with a great feeling of nausea, exclaiming, exclaiming, everything is turnips. Likewise, with respect to whatever worldly happiness is seen, heard of, or remembered, you must, as the Kadampa teachers have said, generate the same thinking. This is the world. This is also is the world. Everything is suffering. I want nothing to do with it. Cougutune, Mm. 
So like this child who's been offered these turnips because they had no barley flour in all these different ways, everything is a turnip. Likewise, everything in cyclic existence is suffering. Uh, so there isn't any um, discrimination between this is and this isn't. Uh, everything that is cyclic existence is necessarily suffering. Just as in this example, everything was turnips. No matter how they were prepared or what form they were in, they were all the same thing. So number two, then, in this way, by contemplating your previously beginning wanderers through cyclic existence, you become disenchanted and revolted. And by contemplating the necessity of continuing to wander here indefinitely, you give rise to fear and anxiety, so then the, this determination to be free arises, or renunciation. That's the point that's being made here. Rimache stopped where I did and just said, this is speaking of renunciation. Okay, so number two, in this way, by contemplating your previous beginningless wanderings through cyclic existence, you become disenchanted and revolted by contemplating the necessity of continuing to wander here indefinitely. You give rise to fear and anxiety with a determination that transcends mere words. You must, as Nagarjuna's friendly letter says, stop your birth in cyclic existence, the root of all harm. Cyclic existence is like that, birth. Whether in the lands of deities or humans, hell beings, hungry ghosts or animals, it's not auspicious. Understand that birth is a vessel of much, much harm. Nipa. Nipa. Nipa what 
Tülas, tüni duzuna ne kuyduğun umarız. Tüni can, yomu mena, lecazan yöcans. Tüni can yomu tuğres, yomu mena lecazı yöba inayan, kualcı tuğumarız. Sibisiyle nagiyi lecep hünü mayinde, tence şiba seyşi roz, nanege otusu yöbere. Leda cümem, yomu banyinle, dubala tüla, tüni can yomu batu, yomu mena, so number three deals with the need to get rid of the causes of cyclic existence, which are karma and the afflictions. Because if there are no afflict... Uh, uh, which are the karma and the afflictions because if there are no afflictions even if there is karma present uh, then the cooperating condition isn't present so cyclic existence cannot uh, be experienced uh, so what is more uh, you must eliminate both causes of birth and cyclic existence karma and afflictions still between these two if you have no afflictions you will not take birth no matter how much karma you have hence you should destroy the afflictions by cultivating a path that is complete and without error because once you have, um, because uh, because once you have afflictions, even if it were possible to eradicate previously accumulated karma, you would immediately accumulate new karma, uh, and then that's it. So three. <laughs> ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、
Fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this is a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure realm. I dedicate whatever virtues I have collected for the benefit of the teachings and of all sentient beings, and in particular for the essential teachings of Venerable Lozandrapa to shine forever. I send forth this jeweled mandala to you, precious Guru. I dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the hero Manjushri and likewise Mantabhadra as well. With whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors who traverse the three times, I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. In that pure land, surrounded by snowy mountains, you are the source of all benefit and happiness. All powerful, the Shvara, Tenzin, Yatsa, may you stay until Samsara's end. I pray for the long life of the precious Kensir Wandak, holder of scriptural and realizational doctrines, the spiritual friend who trained extensively in the five great philosophical texts, exceptional wisdom and perseverance, Sushi, Rav J. 